Hey guys, brand new podcast, and it's a good one. Thank you everyone for listening to the Corey Taylor episode last week. Thank you, Corey Taylor. Thank you to all the Slipknot fans for being cool as shit and not destroying me in the comment section for being an idiot. We are going to have more bands on, more more rock stars on, because that was a fun fucking interview. I have already reached out to someone we talked shit about on the podcast with Corey Taylor, and he is up for doing the podcast. Shout out to 311. Anyway, it's going to be fun. We're going to expand this. And, and once we get into the new studio, we're going to really have some real fun. Uh, it, we just got to get into the new studio. And what with going, everything going on in, in L.A. right now with the shutdown, lockdown orders, stay at home, safer at home, whatever the fuck it is. All I know is you're not really allowed to go outside. You're not allowed to be around people. And so we are just waiting for things to loosen up. Everyone I know has COVID. Fucking everyone. My cousin's got it. My 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 brother-in-law, my, every so many people have fucking COVID right now. I'm so frustrated. I'm thankfully everyone's doing well. I don't know anyone struggling with COVID. Although I did have a buddy that had a rough run of it, but thankfully everyone's doing well. And I am locked in in my house. I'm locked in my house doing podcasts. And I want to thank all our sponsors for spot. And I want to thank you guys for listening to the ad reads because I I know sometimes you like get into a good part and then we cut to an ad read and you're like, God damn it, but. Thank you for your patience because that helps keep the lights on. Speaking of which, this podcast is brought to you by Buffalo Trace. I have a bottle in my hand right now, usually right behind me, but I keep it on my desk when I do podcasts just in case I need a little. This distillery was named the 2020 Distillery of the Year. The San Francisco World Spirit Competition has some of the best whiskey tasters in America, judging hundreds of whiskeys, and Buffalo Trace won the most. It was two decades ago when Buffalo Trace won the same title by Whiskey Advocate Magazine. Since then, they have won more awards than any other distillery in the world. Just Google Buffalo Trace. You're going to see for yourself. They've been distilling whiskey since 1773. Ever since early American pioneers followed the buffalo herds to the Kentucky River. They even operated during Prohibition with a permit to make whiskey for medicinal purposes their master distiller in charge is harlan wheatley and he also makes a craft vodka named after him called wheatley vodka that i absolutely love since 1995 harlan has been distilling at buffalo trace and if the whiskey barrel isn't ready to go to the bottle it does not because they know they taste it all the american buffalo represents buffalo trace's uncompromising values the bourbon stands strong just like a buffalo and if you look closely on the bottle You'll see it's balls. It's the label with the only balls on it. The oldest continuously operating distillery in America, Buffalo Trace, has experienced more than its fair share of adversities, floods, fires, wars, recessions, prohibitions, and they endured them all. And the pandemic isn't slowing them down one bit. They are now making Hannah's hand sanitizer, too. And the governor of Kentucky has designated bourbon essential at this time, and I agree. No wonder they win all the awards. I might have some Buffalo Trace tonight. I won't because I'm on the wagon this December, but I guarantee you this New Year's Eve, I will be having Buffalo Trace. I promise you. Distilled, aged, and bottled by Buffalo Trace Distillery, 90 proof, Franklin County, Kentucky, Buffalo Trace, American, family-owned, and independent. Let me tell you something about Kamikoto Knives. This past week, and I took me, my sisters, and my parents up to Temecula, I went down to uh, my fishmonger and I bought a ton of fresh fish. I then raced to my house 
to grab out of my ashen wood boxes, my Kamikoto knives. I also grabbed my whetstone. This is an extra one I have. My whetstone and brought it up because I wanted these knives to be even sharper than they are. These are ultra sharp knives. I also grabbed my ultra sharp steak knife. Shout out to Adam Devine. Adam Devine hit me up and was like, yo, those steak knives are legit. Where did you get them? I said, Kamikoto. Hit them up. Tell them about your podcast. Kamikoto, start sponsoring Adam's podcast. These are steel knives sourced from Japan. Each blade is crafted using techniques that have been honed and perfected by generation knifesmiths, and they are so much fun to pull out, especially the ultra-long 12-inch knife. I, I, then, I then got the wrap. I stuck all my knives in the wrap, wrapped them up, and I use these knives non-stop, non-stop. They're used by the several chefs that work at Michelin star restaurants around the world. Let me tell you something. These knives cut fish perfectly. So often when you cut fish with a bullshit knife, it cuts and then you're sitting there sawing through the skin on the back when you're cutting salmon or, or like, a, or, or we had a striped bass, not these Kamikoto knives. One beautiful side. I put a, I had tuna. I was cutting tuna. I put a little water. Goddamn dogs. I put a little water on it. Cause I was cutting a bunch and I'd slice down one slice all the way through on the other side of the skin on the salmon and on the striped bass and the tuna. Go to my Instagram stories. You'll see all of it. It's gorgeous. They make great grips. If you're looking for a gift this Christmas, they're perfect because they come in these beautiful wood box, uh, wood boxes, and the knives are they're presented in, and they have this great whetstone. Kamikoto is so confident about their knives that each knife comes with a lifetime guarantee. I'm telling you right now, if you go ahead and go right now and buy right now, Kamikoto is offering our listeners an extra $50 off site-wide on top of their biggest sales of the year. Go to kamikoto.com slash Bert and use the offer code Bert for an extra $50 off. That's K-A-M-I-K-O-T-O.com slash Bert. That's kamikoto.com slash Bert. K-A-M-I-K-O-T-O.com slash Bert. Thank you to all my sponsors. Thank you. I'll say it again. I say it again. It means a great deal. It means a great deal. And thank you to you guys. You guys are fucking awesome. Um, you really are. I appreciate you immensely, immensely. I am trying to lose weight. This Tommy's fall. And what we'll talk about Tommy's fall. We didn't talk about it on this two bears, one cave because we had already recorded it. We're doing a two bears, one cave tomorrow morning with a special guest host. Just, just say, uh, I'm bringing my jeans, right? Is that a good hint? Is that who the guest host is? Anyway, we got a special guest host this week and we will be talking in detail about what has gone on with Tommy. And it is intense. <laughs> And it is the reason I'm eating healthy and not drinking because to watch him to have it's, it's fucked my head up to see, to see it go in a second, to see it happen in a second, him go from him dunking on a fucking nine foot rim to, to laying there going cold nine one one. It fucked me up. It fucked my head up. And, uh, and, but yeah, but I'm not boozing this month and I'm uh, being healthy. I'm working out. I'm on my way to 1000 miles you're probably saying Bert where are you at different times I messed this up for the record I was looking at my year to date not realizing it was counting it was counting previous months from 2019 so like when I'd say oh, I'm at 935 miles that was including my December from last year so if I ever told you a number and it seemed super high and you're like he's almost got it well we're at a different place today guys our number for running for this year is oh, 921 miles. I have 80, 79 miles to go before we get 
to 1,000. 79 miles. How many days left? 23 days left in December. Let's see what, right? 23 days left in December, Halston. Let's see what 79 divided by 23 is. I got to run 3.43. I got to run three and a half miles every day. Every day. I ran, by the way, I ran nine yet last night and I ran five today. And I'm a five mile guy. I never run three miles. I always run five at least. And then if I'm pushing it, and by the way, I feel good because I'm losing weight. I've lost like 14 pounds and I feel I'm feeling good. So in losing weight, my knees start feeling better and I start getting a little more excited to run. And when you're not boozing, you're not up there going, okay, come on, you fat fuck. Let's do this. So we're on, we're on track guys, eating a lot of salmon. Shout out to Leeway, my fish guy over at the joint eatery on Ventura. They are awesome dudes and they have, they have the best fucking fish. And that's all I'm eating right now is fish. I'm doing pescatarian primarily this month. Speaking of which, I'm going to go cook dinner for my daughters. Today's podcast is with Sam Morell. Now, Sam, Sam, um, I've had on a bunch during quarantine because for whatever reason, we've been chatting a bunch. We've been chatting a bunch. Sam is without a doubt. And we talk about this. Um, inarguably one of the best joke writers in our business at this time. There's a handful of guys that are just killing it where the legends look at and they go, now that guy's doing it right. And Sam is one of them um, without question. He's one of them. He's also, he, he's one of the guys that was the first guy to throw up a special on YouTube. He did that at the beginning of quarantine. And I think it got something like 7 million views and he's doing it again. He's done it again. He's got a move. Uh, uh, he's got a, a movie. He's got a special called up shot on the roof, up on the roof, up on the roof, up on the roof. It's on YouTube. We'll post a link in the descriptions. We'll post a link. I'll post about it tomorrow. We'll post all about it. We'll probably shoot a clip, put a clip from it on there. But he shot it in quarantine, probably one of the most beautiful specials I've ever seen. Him and I say this to him, him and Colin Quinn have two of the most beautiful specials I've ever seen, both using the backdrop of New York in their show. And I'm telling you, it starts to make you think. It's like, do you remember those old um, Austin, uh, Austin City Lights? And they'd shoot music with Austin behind it, City Limits, Austin City Limits fucking gorgeous man this is a gorgeous special and it's absolutely hilarious sam is is the top of his game without question the top of his game and the fact that he's making these specials and he's making them accessible to everyone trust me when i say when touring opens up there will not be a ticket to be had for sam he is i've known sam for a long time we first worked together in connecticut um hartford connecticut and I fell in love with the guy. He's an awesome dude. Check out his special up on the roof. It is awesome. Sam is awesome. 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 Stop saying awesome, Bert. Hey, without further ado, today's Bert cast, Sam Morell. This is. 200,000 views on the new special, Sam. Congratulations. Oh, thanks for posting, Bert. I appreciate it, man. No, I haven't even really posted much about it. I posted it once, but Segura did a big post about it. That was so nice of him, man. That was so fucking cool. Yeah, I, was, I mean, everyone... I, here's what I was wondering. Because I know you're kind of realistic. Like, you're not a... You're not like... um, You're not a big... Uh, like... Uh, uh, 
promotion guy, like where you're out there going like, I'm, come see me live. I'm the best in the world. You're kind of a very <laughs> humble guy, but everyone calls you. Every, the word on the street, everyone is saying, hands down, one of the top five best joke writers in the business. Thank you, man. I, I don't know if that's the general consensus, but that, that means the, a lot That's to exactly you. what Segura said on that's his post. Nice and that's what, I mean, that's what everyone's saying. Everyone's saying it. Your jokes are fucking amazing. But do you feel, do you feel it? Or do you just go like, I don't just, feel it. <laughs> I, I, I'm <laughs> very, I'm very much like, all right, I guess that's done. It's hard to feel that you probably feel this way too. I mean, it's hard to feel the good. I mean, did, when you did the cabin, you probably got so much love for that. I mean, it's hilarious. I just watching you with Caitlyn Jenner. I was like, how the fuck did that happen? How, how the hell is Caitlyn Jenner part of like, cause I get like the comedy people, but like Caitlyn, that was maybe the best episode. I think that was a fun episode. That was, it was what's even funner is they didn't show it, but Nikki's, Oh, this is your, I was watching your special. Cosmo. <laughs> <laughs> oh no and it's just um <laughs> no uh what's even funnier is nikki glazer was got there and was like uh this is gonna be fun so what's the deal and i kind of broke down like hey this is what we're gonna do we're gonna just hang out got some axe throwing some bullseye it's gonna be fun we got a lasso and she's she like it's just me and you and i was like no it's caitlin jenner and she was like wait what and i go oh yeah it's gonna be me and caitlin oh i should have told you that and she was like <laughs> And that was like right after she saw, right after she waxed my ass, we're just sitting in the kitchen bullshitting and moving cameras around. And she panicked because she was like, oh my God, I think she hates me. I go, why? And she goes, um, well, I did all those jokes about her on the, on the roast. And then there was like a list of jokes I wasn't allowed to do where like she would definitely walk off the set. Mm -hmm. And I went on Stern the next day and did all of them. Oh, wow. I was like, whoa. She's oh like, heard of, if she heard any of these, we're fucked. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it's always weird when there's jokes that are like, you can't, like, didn't William Shatner at his roast, he was like, you can't do a joke about me maybe murdering my wife. And you're like, well, isn't that all you really want to joke about now? That's when, the, when someone tells you you can't, it's like, fuck. These are strangers. It's not like a Sinatra roast or, D- or Dean Martin roast where it's like just, it's part of the crew. But when it's yeah. strangers, you're like, well, that's what I want. Do you ever, you know, my friend Dina Hashem? Yeah. Yeah. She's she great. Had, she had the most vicious and to me funny, but also vicious roast jokes I've ever heard. She was roasting, roast battle against uh, David Kinney, who's a, a funny comic. His mom dies in a motorcycle accident. And her line on him is, uh, Dave lives the way his mom died, an unrecognizable road feature. Oh, I would, my God. That is like, I told that joke to a tell, and he was like, God, keep it surface. <laughs> like, keep it surface. <laughs> he's like, how about like how someone looks? You guys are like digging into people's past. And <laughs> it's, interesting. Shit. it's interesting how people are feel about jokes because jokes are meant, jokes really are meant to kind of bring light to something serious. Like, I don't, I don't know if yeah. you've heard, but um, I'm, Elliot Page came out yeah. as trans, transgen, trans, trans, just yeah. trans was the word. Yeah. Pronouns are he, they, and okay. uh, and I, and I start trying to write jokes like just like 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 real quick. What can I write? And then and then and then I read his statement, and it's like uh, 
I'm terrified of the jokes that are going to be made. And you're like, oh, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm just right. trying to make a joke about it. Like, I'm not here to like. <laughs> but that's a- who we are. That's it's so funny that this is like the biggest moment in their life. And you're like, all right, what can I do with this? You know what I mean? I, like, yeah. And yeah. And, and it's like, and it's like, how can I not mock it? But like, like I started, I started, I'm in the shower. I just read it. And I'm, I'm like, and I'm a huge fan of Umbrella Academy. Oh, and- Okay. I haven't he, seen it. I, I'm a fan. Oh, of I think she's great. Awesome. Oh, he he now yep, is yep, great. Yeah. Easy, easy. But dude, uh, ju- oh shit, I'm already canceled. It's too late for me. I no, want to do he, a joke about. He, he, like, God damn it! Stop, stop. Now you got me doing it. He said you're not going to be canceled. Just I, I think if I read this cry- correct, he said you're not going to be canceled for misgendering me or something like that effect. But he was like, just be mindful that I'm a human. And I was like, yeah. oh yeah. And then I started going. So wait, is the point of I'm never trying to dehumanize somebody, but I my instinct is to write the joke. Yeah, I wanted to do a bit about that. Like I, I did a gig in in Naples, Florida, and the guy running the gig uh, wanted to be called. Uh, he said he wanted to be called Captain. He's like, I'll call me call me Captain. I was like, Well, are you a Captain? He said no, and I was like. Well, I guess that to me, that's like where I draw the line. Like if you're a he or a she or a we or they or whatever, I'm like, that's cool. But like, I don't want you to skip a rank. That seems like unfair to me. Like you get to just like, <laughs> like you don't get to, you don't get to just get skills. That's something that you work for. That's like bullshit, yeah. you know? So that, that was like one angle I thought of. I'm thinking of other angles. Like I have a lot of trans jokes in this special, but I don't think any of them are me. I have a, a trans cousin. So that was like a thing. My mom was, of course, you know, for, for her, it's all about safety. I think like anyone in family, when you're like, oh, I hope they feel safe and, and good. Yeah. So like none of the jokes, like you're another guy where you're like, none of your jokes are malicious. You're like a. Yeah, a I don't have any. I don't, guy. I don't have any intent to hurt someone's feelings ever. I ever. I was my, that's like my my big goal. Because when you're young, I think when you're young, young, you're like, I want to be the edgiest guy out there. And then you walk <laughs> a few people and you're like, oh, wow, I just turned what they were hoping was a great night into one of the wor- top five wor- worst nights of their life. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that's, that's a big deal. Intention. That's a big, I, w- I was always trying to write Caitlyn Jenner jokes back in the day. I think I had one like back in the day where it was like, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, uh, people would say, like, uh, one was like how people were like, she's you know, brave. It's like weird to me when people are considered like, if I get my eyebrows done, my friends are like, you're a fucking pussy. But if I were, <laughs> but if I were to like become a woman, they're like, you're a, you're a hero, you're very brave. <laughs> like, it's like all about you got to go all in on it, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's another one, but uh, you do have to go all in on it. If you're going to go those angles, you got to, that's the, I mean, Tosh was brilliant at that. Yeah. And like really just overdoing it, not caring, like <laughs> really not caring. <laughs> and it is, there is something super refreshing about a guy who says something like you're in his kitchen and he's eating cereal. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's important to just with those jokes, like, you can't half-ass it. You got to go hard. And, and it, it, Tosh really is a master at that. I mean, that, he had so many good jokes about where he was just fucking, he came off as just heartless and you knew, but because he's so heartless, you like, you know, it's a joke. Yeah, I love yeah. this joke. I love Tosh's joke about uh, how he, he was, he went to see a kid at Make-A-Wish and they told him that Kevin Durant was his first choice. Like j- that fucking premise alone is like, you know, he's a decent guy because he's going yeah. to Make-A-Wish yeah. But like Tosh to go into this day, I don't know if he was fucking with me. Like giving the kid the laugh on you is so funny yeah. to me. I, I I think Tosh is. I think his stand up is kind of underappreciated. I know. He's I think it's really guy, underappreciated. I think like, it's really underappreciated. Yeah. You look at those specials, and it's like none of them really popped the way 
the way that other people's specials have popped them. And and on Comedy Central, that's why though. I mean, when you when you're on TV, you know how it goes. It's like like you had you did a Comedy Central special, right? I think so. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that crazy? The king of comedy could not break comedians. Yeah. Even Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart's special, I think, was on Comedy Central. And it wasn't until it got released on YouTube that it became successful. Well, that's what you got to do now. You got to just throw it down on YouTube. And that's what it's either Netflix, YouTube, or like, I I don't know. I think those are the options. We only, I only pitch my new special to Netflix. And once they said no, I was like, YouTube, my agent wasn't even going to HBO or Amazon. He was like, that, he said, name a comic that's broken off an HBO or Amazon special in the last few years. Like, he's like, it doesn't happen. So I don't think. Yeah, I think it's Netflix or YouTube these days for a comedy special. Oh, YouTube's so valuable, man. You look at, I mean, that I I don't know what what we can can or can't talk about in this conversation, but I will tell you that we did talk about we had a conversation where you should put your special, and I I literally was like, YouTube, man, you get those fans yourself. Like those yeah. fans come to you, and then they subscribe to your channel, and then and then you just it, it look. They may not love you, but it there's a lot of people I'm subscribed to that I don't watch every day. But if something interesting that they've done pops up, I'll check it out. Yeah. And they're in my front page every time I click on YouTube. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, just just doing, just putting shit out into the world too. Like, you know, this was definitely like, this last special was definitely the most stressful special because it was on roofs. I mean, I was shooting on rooftops, So it wasn't like every time, there was something would go wrong every night. I didn't realize I should shoot a special in a pandemic until I did a gig in the backyard so I was doing a show in, uh, some guy asked me to do a show. He gave me the address, something Bleecker Street. So I was, I, I'm with my friend, Rachel Feinstein. And we're just, she, she, the guy texts me like, where are you? And I said, we're at Bleecker Street. And he goes, oh, it's Bleecker in Brooklyn. So I'm like, fuck. All right. Like that's a iconic Manhattan street. You should have said that, whatever. We showed up there late. <laughs> we showed up there late. We go to the roof and he's like, oh, we're not at the roof anymore. Like everything about this show is a shit show. And I was like, what happened to the roof? And he goes, well, there's a party on the roof. So they kicked us up. They kicked the comedy off. So some kid could DJ. So I'm like, it's like doing comedy is now like a turf war. Like everything's yeah. a thing. So the show, so he's like, we're the, some backyard. Some woman gave us her backyard. So we get to the backyard. It's a, it's a shit show. She's hammered. She's like, just heckling every comic it's her backyard so she's she won't let me in she's like fuck white men fuck the patriarchy and i was like patriarchy it's your show that you're ruining this is not the patriarchy this is your backyard so she won't even let me use the bathroom i have to go to a roof and just piss on a roof i go back downstairs they go all right you're up i'm bombing it's a bad backyard except which is a hilarious sentence to say this backyard was bad as opposed to other backyards but uh I'm bombing. Hardware, the hardware wasn't nice. <laughs> the, the fucking <laughs> and I'm I'm bombing until she starts hardscape. heckling I meant me. Say hardscape, hardscape. Keep going. <laughs> I got what you. I got what you're saying. But uh, I'm I'm bombing, and she, until she starts heckling me like nonstop, and I just start burying her like ha- every line, and finally she just comes on stage and grabs the mic from me and was like, "You're fucking out of here!" And people are booing her, and I was like fuck the one show I didn't videotape. This would have been amazing because I'm just hammering her. And she goes, get the fuck out of here. And my mom sees the only thing that was salvaged was someone videotaped her doing that to me. So I just posted that because I thought it was kind of funny. And my mom was like, she could have given you COVID, which I was like, all right. But I mean, she'd have to be be pretty fucking awful to do that and give me COVID. But uh, anyway, I realized at that point, I'm like, 
I got to start videotaping these sets because shit is going horribly, but it's horrible in like a beautiful way. It's like, yeah. it's like kind of like this ugly beauty. <laughs> it's like the city's a mess. People are drinking in the street. It's like fucking Bourbon Street in New York City. Uh, I'm performing on rooftops with these insane views. That's the thing. That's the thing that's so understated in your special is I got to be honest, you and Colin Quinn have the two most gorgeous specials I've ever seen in my fucking life. The, your, your back, his backdrop was like cultivated and manicured by a production team who scouted locations. I'm certain. Yeah. I mean, his backdrop is fucking iconic. My, mine I mean, was cultivated through Instagram stories. Does anyone have a roof in any part of Manhattan or Brooklyn? That was, that was how we, it was so, gorgeous. But it's there like, was a lot of, there's a lot of tech issues because of that, because he had HBO behind him. I had, uh, I had literally like, we'd get to the roof and they'd be like, the outlets don't work. And I'd be like, fuck. All right. I guess this was a lost uh, roof. Like I just had to do the show without lights. It would be, there'd be a problem every, every night, literally every night. They'd be like, we need, my director would fight with me. Cause he'd be like, we need it to start right as the sun sets. Cause I want it to look pretty. And I'd be like, well, six people are here so far. So I can't just do, I can't just yeah. do an hour for six people. I mean, maybe I could have, but I wanted to wait till people, no one shows up on time for a roof show. No one is like, well, really? No. <laughs> it's not like the comedy seller with like 30 minutes before you got to line up. No, no one gives a shit. Cause they're like, yeah, I can show up whenever. So then I, I realized I had to start charging because I'd start bombing at the roofs and no, no one respects a free show. So I had to start charging people to come to the roofs. So I'm like, be like, yeah, Venmo me and I'll give you the address. It was like the, the shadiest deals. I, I was doing literally everything. It was so stressful to make sure I'm like, shit, well, I, 40 people Venmoed me. That means probably 35 will show up. Is that enough for taping? Like just oh figuring God. out and made it, to make it work was very, uh, very stressful. So how big was your crew? It was me, uh, this young Orthodox Jew named uh, Josh uh, Fear, who uh, I feel like I corrupted horribly uh, just being around me. Uh, then uh, Dom Dominic Mole, who brought a drone, who also ended up editing my special, but brought a drone. So like insane city shots with the drone. So every show, when I say every night, we did like 10 nights. When I say every night, something went wrong. We're at some show in Williamsburg. Some kid just like knocks his drone over. He's like, the propeller's broken. And I'm like, some guy just broke your drone camera. That's like an expensive camera. So shit every night. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, we did a show where the cops came. Like, we, I wish we got the footage, man. I wish, like, we didn't get, we only got the footage of people being like, the cops are here, but they didn't actually come inside. Yeah. So I can't put the, that in the special. I'm like, fuck the cops. They're totally here. I wish I could show you. So that happens one night. Uh, we had Matt Salacuse, who's my director, who was like just a fucking incredible, just incredible dude, native New Yorker like me, such a uh, such a great guy. And uh, real, I mean, it's like so much credit goes to him, you know, with with this. Does does do you think this will affect the way people shoot specials in the future? Is that you get to shoot it because your special is fantastic. And I think people start looking at it and going, well, he didn't just do one night. He just didn't do two nights. He didn't I mean, do people have done that before. Like Rock did that. Attell did that with Roadwork. Uh, Rock did it. But like Rock kind of did it where he like was like, here's the trick we do in one of his specials. Chris Rock's special was like, 
he would repeat the punchline, which I kind of, I don't want to do that. I, I, I think it's cool that he did something different, but I just, I, I like the illusion. I, it's almost like magicians giving away the trick. I like the illusion that everything is spontaneous and, uh, like, obviously I riffed a lot. A lot of it was improvised, but I, I had some jokes obviously. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you come with jokes, but, uh, I, I like the idea. I, I don't know if it'll influence. That's my fear is that in like four months, no one's going to want to watch this ever again. Cause you're like, Oh, that was some fucking awful thing we all went through. Why would I want to watch an outdoor special now that Netflix is releasing indoor specials now? So, uh, I, I do think it'll influence for me. It was like, also, you know, I had already released a special this year. I'm rusty as fucking hell. I haven't been doing club sets. Like I saw you were touring constantly. I wasn't touring like that. So I, I, uh, I also did multiple venues to cover up how rusty I am. You know, it yeah. wasn't just like, it wasn't just like a stylistic choice. I was like, I'm fucking bad at comedy right now. Let me cover up some flaws. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I think well, the beauty of all comics that will all like that, we have a bunch of shared experiences, but one of the first shared experiences is just how good you are when you're going up all the time. Cause you never get to feel right. what it's like to be absolutely rusty. And then when all of us, I mean, Rogan was like, I listened to a tape of me doing stand up before I got on stage. Yeah. And it's like, and, and all of us have that feeling of being rough. I have, man, I was, I was Bambi legs. And I remember the first thing I said was, I said something about my wife and I go, Oh, she's getting old. And they laughed and I went, I didn't even mean it to make you laugh. Like, Oh, I got it. I'm back, baby. Dude. I laughed so fucking hard in the cabin. When First off your wife rules. Like she is oh, so, man. she is funny and she is such a good sport. But dude, when your kids asked if you were in rehab, that was like one of the hardest <laughs> gut laughs. That was, that was incredibly funny. Oh. Uh, yeah, dude going back on stage for the first few times was was pretty it was a rush the first set i did back was in hell's kitchen literally on a sidewalk like on a sidewalk people are walking by just giving me dirty looks and i was like oh we are we have become the dudes that walk onto the subway like i would not have been surprised if i got like booking requests like for fourth car in the d train you're on the subway it's a hot because you remember remember starting out when we had to do ambush shows Oh, and, uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't know comics would do shows where, so I, I remember I did a show. You do a show where you go on stage for people that don't know this and you would tell, you would tell a room full of people that were maybe having dinner. Are you guys ready for comedy? And they'd be like, fuck no, I'm on a date. Of course not. And then you would just tell jokes and bomb. It was humiliating. But I remember doing that once at Manchester pub in Midtown Manhattan. And I had just left Tulane university to pursue standup. And I, uh, I, I remember like I, I told a frat, they were like, are, are you going to like join a frat? And I said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do stand up." And I go on stage, there's four people in the crowd. It's four people from that frat. It's just, that's the only people in the crowd. I had left college to, to do that. And they were like, oh, this is fucking pathetic. Like they, it was literally me just having to be like, uh, so, uh, what you guys from out, out of town, you know, me just having to eat shit for people. Yeah who knew like they knew I had failed basically. And they had to just be like polite. And, oh. and it was like, I had to tell them like, it's going bad, but it's not going this bad. Like every <laughs> night is not this, but uh, just fucking humiliating. You know, this podcast is brought to you by hymns. 
Oh, let me tell you something about hymns. If you've not heard me talk about hymns and you're not listening to this podcast, Two Bears, One Cave, Bill Burt, let me tell you something. This is one-stop shop for men's wellness, sexual wellness, hair loss. I love hymns. When I was 22, I started losing my hair. I did something about it. If you are losing hair, like 66% of, of the men that are age 35, then you need to do something about it. If it's starting to move back, stop it moving back. Don't turn to bullshit solutions like snake oil pills or stuff sold out of a gas station. You need to turn to real prescriptions backed by science. I'm telling you, Hims was created by a dude who knew men. He knew men don't like having a lot of conversations in person. For most men, we don't want to go to the doctor. I go to the doctor on Thursday and I don't want to go. I'd rather just go online. That's what they did. They set it up so you can just go online and deal with everyone. No more awkward in-person doctor visits, no long pharmacy lines. For hymns connects you with licensed professionals online, which is going to save you hours, completely confidential and discreet. Answer a few quick questions and a medical professional will review. And if they determine that the prescription is right for you, they can prescribe medicine that will treat your hair loss and ship it directly and discreetly to your door. Like I said, these are prescriptions, solutions backed by science. Today, Hims is giving you their best offer yet. If you're not happy with your results after 90 days, Hims will refund you full, full. They will give you a full refund. And right now, my listeners can get their first visit absolutely free. Go to forhims.com slash BertCast. That's forhims.com slash BertCast. Disclaimer. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details of important safety information. Remember, that's forhims.com slash BertCast. I'd like to give a shout out to today's sponsor, Whoop, look at this. There you go. You can see I'm charged up. I just got off the treadmill. Uh, my strain outweighed my recovery, which isn't awesome. Let me tell you something. 2020 is coming to an end, and we're all trying to get healthier. Some of us watched our best friend break his knee and his arm, and it freaked us out. We wanted to change our lifestyles. And how do we do that? We measure and track and quantify behavioral changes. Whether you're looking to participate in a dry January or a dry December, like your boy, improve overall shape, I'm already down 14 pounds, or hit your next personal best. Whoop is the best fitness tracker you can you can find to achieve those goals. It provides 24-7 personalized insight that quantifies how well you sleep, perform, and recover. That's what I love about it. I love that I can go to this app. I go to it every morning and find out how well I slept. It's like having a personal trainer on your wrist because then I go out to the treadmill. I hit the strain coach. The strain coach shows me within a spectrum how far uh, how hard I need to work out. And with today, what's going on in today's society where you're sitting in your house and your treadmill and sometimes you don't want to push it, to have a little coach on your wrist and in your in your phone and to have your phone up on your treadmill watching, knowing you got to keep pushing harder, I'm telling you, it's the best fitness tracker I've ever used and the best membership I've ever seen. For just $30 a month, you get personalized insights 24-7 that quantify the data to help you better understand your body On a deeper level, Whoop goes beyond just tracking calories and heart rates. It monitors sleep, strain, recovery, all with personalized feedback in real time within their app. It's a big reason why I recommend it to anyone trying to achieve their New Year's fitness resolution this year. Build better, healthier habits in general. And for my listeners today, if you're thinking about getting a Whoop or giving a Whoop or just giving Whoop a shot, this is their best deal yet to try it out. Just all you got to do, see for yourself. Get your first month of Whoop for free when you sign up for their six-month membership. Head over to whoop.com slash BertCast to get started for $0. Join Whoop today. Sleep better, recover faster, and train smarter. 
this season and beyond. That's oh, I, dude, I completely remember those days. I completely. I look back at those days and go, I remember I, I ended up doing a TV show with Adam Hunter called Ambush Comedy, where oh we would, God. yeah, where he pitched a TV show where because Adam Hunter was like the king of it. He would go into a laundromat when people were doing laundry and just start doing stand up. Wow. Like he was, he was, Adam Hunter's an interesting dude because he is one of the, like, he's one of the hardest working motherfuckers out there. And he's always busting his ass. And he's, I mean, he is like stage time hungry nonstop. So interesting. Were, were you guys sharing, were you guys sharing um, info about what gigs were open? Was there, was there like a, a text chain going on or, or was it like, Feast and famine, where they were like, we're more because more. I can imagine Mark Norman being like, oh, I got a gig. I'm not going to tell anyone about this one. This is just me. Uh, yeah, no, Norman was. Uh, we would text a little bit about which gigs to do. We, I mean, Mark was doing the road hard, like harder than I was. Mark I was, still, was trying to catch COVID. I, I, it was weird, but Mark's like, I'm like, Mark, be careful. And he's like, oh, I hung out after the show, and I'm like, you're just hanging out with all the local comics. Like, it was it was weird. <laughs> Yeah, Mark, Mark. I'd see, I'd see, I'd see videos of Mark. I literally, he was, he was like one of those kids in Texas at spring break going, going, ah, the only the old people get it. <laughs> but then Mark also knows that I'm still scared of getting it. So yeah. he'll be like, oh, it's very scary out there. I'm like, I know you're not scared. I know you're just saying this for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Mark was going so hard and. I mean, I still text bits with Norman all the time. And uh, yeah, he would give me shows here and there. I was doing like rooftops that were like, I was, I started doing New York Comedy Club would do rooftops. Then I would like go up occasionally on like, I, I, this sounds insane, the East River Amphitheater. I was performing literally like you, you turn into like less of a comic and more of an investigative journalist because this kid, Josh Fear, was just following me around with a camera and we're like, you know, passing all the housing projects in the uh, Lower East Side and three young kids on bikes circle us. And one of them goes, fuck you to me. I'm like, ah. And then as they run away, I turn to Josh like, did you get that? You know, <laughs> you turn into like it turns into like a war zone. We're like, oh, my God. All right. Did we get that footage? So, um, yeah, so we'd be on the East River. We'd go to, you know, whatever, wherever would have a show we'd go to. And then it turned into a thing where I was like. Well, am I like being stupid? Am I, you know, risking? Sorry, I just want to make sure my computer's plugged in so it doesn't die. Uh, I, I was like, am I being stage time so valuable right now? If this is dangerous, I don't want to like, you know, get on the yeah. subway for like a 10 minute spot. So I started being like, all right, my own show only. Let's do it. Give me like 45 minutes. You don't have to pay me. What well, I just I just need the stage time. So then I started doing my own show because when you're doing other people's show, you're kind of at their the mercy of their rules. Like, here's what we do for COVID. It's like one mic, we don't wipe it down. Uh, we all hang out in a uh, dirty tank and uh, you have to French kiss the host. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do my own show. Uh, <laughs> and I would just be like, I recommend a mask. If you don't want to wear it, that's cool. What I mean, like- Oh, that's maybe, the beauty. When, when you make the rules, that's the beauty yeah. of, like, I, the first thing I texted, uh, I want to say I texted Nikki or someone was going, maybe Whitney, someone was about to go on the road and they were like, hey, what are these shows like? And I was like, first of all, they're your shows. So you yeah. tell them how you want it done. Like, totally. say, hey, everyone's got to wear a mask. Everyone's got to wear a mask. My big thing was stretch out the, uh, the walkway to get to stage. 
Because if it's normal, they just start touching you, man. You can't stop it. Everyone's touching you. Dude jumped on me in, uh, in San Antonio and Corona raped me. He just was like, I feel good about you. Like, Corona rape. That really, it really feels that way when people kind of don't respect. Like, I, that's my thing. Like, look, I have my own fears. There are people that are more scared than me. I just try to be respectful to whatever level, even if it feels ridiculous to me. Like, I live in an elevator building. Sometimes, like, there's an older lady and she goes, I, if you don't mind, I say, yeah, of course. I mean, like, I'm not going to, yeah. I don't want to fuck with your peace. I don't want to fuck with your sanity. So whatever is your comfort level, I, I think you should just try to respect people's comfort level. It's a stressful time. So that's the, that's the one thing I, I, I'm, I can't understand. And this comes down to like types of people I like and types of people I don't like when, when, I don't have a problem with you not wearing a mask. I don't have a problem with you going out and going to restaurants and hanging out with your family and, and go, I don't have none of that bothers me for real. None of it. I actually, I kind of am a little jealous that you can live like that, that you're, that you're, that your brain doesn't keep you up at night and you, yeah. and you go, if I get it, I get it. I, I wish I could be like that, but, but also afford me the exact same respect when I'm like, Hey man, we got to keep a little social distance. Don't yeah. get up and be like, oh, what are you one of those fucking stupid people that believe in this shit? I know. So that's who you are for everything. Like, you can't just right. respect the fact that I go, hey, man, I'm going to mask and I need to keep distance because I'm also with nine dudes. We're living in a bubble and I'm asking them not to break the bubble. So I'm not going to go break the bubble because you want to get a shirtless picture with me. Please respect it. Like, just <laughs> afford me the exact same respect I give you. Yeah, it is. It is very telling about who they are. They're the person that like when you get in an elevator when or uh, whatever, like uh, get on the subway, they're the person that like gets on before they let people off. Like, oh, you're just an inconsiderate human being. You're just a yeah. shitty person. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like I there's some shows in my special where like people are not distanced, but you know what? That's their roof. And that was their choice. That was a group of friends. They would have done that without me. They would have yeah. gone to dinner without me. And then when it was like shows that I promoted of my people, I said, hey, you know, I'd appreciate if you wore a mask. But if you don't want to do that, that's your choice. So uh, I think outdoors is a little different than uh, than indoors. And that was kind of the protocol. I mean, I got a lot of messages from people when we were shopping this a little is, is that, ooh, this is like bad optics, you know, like the, just people not being distanced in all the shots. And, but I said, you know, the groups of friends that would have sat that way at dinners. That's kind of my argument. This is the law. And, uh, you know, we just tried to be reasonable and, and you know, this is a, a free country. I wish COVID has been handled differently. Like, obviously like the way restaurants and, and I'm sure you agree with this restaurants and bars and all these businesses that are already incredibly risky the way they've been supported by the government is fucking just unforgivable like because yeah. you're going to bail out the airlines and the hotels but how about these people that this is their lives work this is their, their dream. livelihood it's everything it's it's so awful and uh it affects people we care about and it, it's it's fucking it's ugly out there it's you pass in all these restaurants you're like i love that place i like that person that was a human being so uh yeah shit i i i wish it was handled differently i got a, i got an email or a text from mark grossman who was like hey man you know we're in trouble and we need help and i was like and i, I don't even think i replied but i i went to put the tweet out and i was like 
I was like, oh. <laughs> that's a hilarious start to the sentence. I ignored it anyway. No, I, but I was to write the tweet, but it, his thing was like, have people yeah. call the congressman. And I was like, yes, I was like no one's going to do that. No one's yeah. calling the congressman. And then I'm like, and then I look like a guy that's like, hey, I don't talk about politics except when it directly affects me. Like, I'm not talking about, I'm not out here virtue signaling about Black Lives Matters or trans rights or all these things where people would light me up for saying, give me my opinion. But when it comes to a comedy club, I'm like, hey, guys, I got a soapbox and I'm going to use it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I, I, you're some, it's, I don't think, see, that's where I disagree is I just don't think it's political. I'm like, these are just small businesses. No, like, no, no. You, but I, no, but my, at the same token, I, I, I don't get, I try to stay out of all of that shit, all of that shit. And I, I don't want small club. I'll do whatever. Ask for fucking money. I'll give you money. Like, I'm not going to, like, I'm, now how much you want to bet my phone rings? Mark Grossman's like, did you say money? How much money do you got? He uh, does run great clubs, though. And, and you got to be great. Great clubs. And I don't want them to go away, but. He's got what one in one in St. Louis, one in Portland, one in Philly. Like what congressman are, am I supposed? It got so complicated that I'm like, hey man, I don't have I don't have nine congressmen's different numbers. This is the new show. It's not the cabin. It's the it's, yeah. it's call your congressman. It's it's it was just like, and then I was like, I don't I don't even know what the fuck to do. And then I texted Segura, yeah. and he's like, he's like, hey man, I I don't think me and you tweeting about the clubs is going to really do it. Like Birds is doing live shows at them like doing podcasts at them sure. trying to promote it and i was like i can do something like that like i can i can help but you got to give me a, a better workaround than just tell everyone to call their local congressman i'm like oh, that's, that's like, fair man. that's it's tough man and it's also tough like i feel like we mock like people in the public eye who who tell people to register to vote i mean that's literally yeah. like i i make fun of people like that constantly so I just got asked to do something that was like a rock the vote type thing, which, by the way, I'm like, didn't didn't it already happen? That was my first thing. I was like, I thought we voted. I thought we handled that. But uh, I mean, I just got to think about that. And I was like, I feel like it's kind of hypocritical of me to to do something like that, being like register now to people when I'm like, kind of like, is it not just just laughable when celebrities i mean and i'm not a celebrity, but when when celebrities do fucking shit like that, when you when you saw that imagine video and you're like. Well, this set us all back. Yeah. <laughs> we would we would have beaten Trump by more if uh, if Stanley Tucci wasn't singing. So uh, I, I'm, I don't get me started on on, but you know what's even funny? Whoever it was, I, I don't know. I shit. I sh- I probably Amy Schumer. I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> I was shitting on her explaining voting. I was like, "Are you fucking serious? to Leanne?" I'm like, "This is what's wrong." Her and Chelsea Handler are all over here, and they're like vote this vote that and then and, and leanne's like well you know they're they're just doing it for people that don't know you know but there are people that don't know and i said i don't think there's anyone that doesn't know that follows them i mean who follows them is like rich white women also right and well so amy's then, got 10 million followers I, amy's a good friend of mine i respect what you, I'm I mean, a, hey listen amy's a good friend of mine this ends good okay don't you don't have to defend okay her. all right so i know everyone I'll de- I'll, and i'll defend you if someone says something about burke kreischer on a podcast as well and so all of a sudden, I it's like November 2nd, November 1st. Someone says about going to the polls to vote. And I go, hey, wait, you can vote. I thought you could only vote on November 3rd. And Leanne's like, no, that's what Amy and Chelsea were explaining is that because of COVID, the polls are open a little longer. And so people have an opportunity. And I went, oh, shut the fuck up. And she was like, fuck face. You should have listened to their goddamn post. You're sitting here shitting on celebrities telling you how to vote. And you didn't know how to vote. I, I, I completely agree. I do find that the arrogance of it sometimes with, with certain people and like the Imagine video to me was so out of touch and so just like 
I don't get the purpose of that. To me, that was like, yeah. I don't understand what this accomplishes. This is, <laughs> this is people, uh, I guess, talented people just oh. singing for the sake of it. I don't know. I've had a couple of drinks now. I don't know. But, I, was, uh, I was this close to being that, that first comic that did a, a, a comeback song and then you find that you see the guy do it and you're going oh thank god i dodged that bullet <laughs> were you gonna do it i was like i was like i texted Segura. that would have been funny as hell if you and segura did it i said we should sing the abcs me you and ben, just go back and forth and fuck them up and <laughs> but i just i, I thank god you got to be I, I think any of those comeback videos reaction videos of celebrities doing something stupid it's so hard to get it right it's so hard to yeah. To like, I thought Paul Paul Rudd did a really funny one. I think it's important to remember that we're just, you know, we are entertainers. We're, we're comedians. And and I think it's important not to take ourselves too seriously because yeah. like, like we got, you know, we, we get work by being silly and telling jokes and shit, man. I mean, so sometimes when I see comedians get to a point where they're just kind of virtue signaling on Twitter and get to a point where they're just like all about saying what's right rather than what's funny. Uh, I, I, I am like, look, every once in a while, show your fans where you stand on shit, but you got to still be funny every once in a while. There are a lot of comics out there just like, just being like, this is wrong. And I'm like, all right, write a fucking joke about it. That's the job oh, that's, we all signed up for. That's the hard part, dude. Original <laughs> content, original content is, you know, you got you forget the majority of people in Hollywood came out here well aware they could never create anything original i mean the majority of them I'm, yeah i'm not shitting on my team i'm not shitting on my lawyer my business <laughs> manager my agents my manager i'm not shitting on any of them right yeah. i'm not shitting on all my friends that are comics that virtue signal i'm not shitting on all the actors that are, but please remember that those a lot of those are the people that came out here wanting to be famous or wanting to be successful without any real driven goal like say like a steven spielberg or a james right. Cameron. like sure. you like you know you, you only get a handful of these fucking really brilliant like kevin hart uh amy schumer uh joe rogan yourself like you only get a handful of people andrew schultz a fucking uh, by the way I'm, i realize i'm a, i'm a comparing a bunch of comics to steven spielberg and james cameron but there's only a handful <laughs> of people that really have a drive to create and are comfortable creating and failing and then you get a lot of actors. I can think of one dude right now that I follow him on Twitter and I hate read his tweets. He is not, he is not a, he's a very talented actor, but he is not a funny individual, but he plays in funny movies, but he's not funny. And all he does is slam Trump every single day. And you're like, that is not, I granted, I think he dislikes. Trump has been Trump. so bad for comedy because Trump is already like, it's tough with jokes when you start already at the most extreme like yeah. there's that's the problem with trump is like everyone's like make it like it, it it just annoys me like the responses to if when people like sincerely respond to trump on twitter like you're terrible and it's like i know but it's like what do you <laughs> yeah he, he is trolling you he is a fucking professional troll at this oh point. by the way he is just doing what i'm he's just doing what reagan did Reagan, I'm watching this documentary on Reagan because Reagan's the first president I ever remember. Like, I remember Jimmy Carter as our president, but I don't really remember him. I remember Reagan being elected. I remember that. Reagan was the one who coined the term make America great again. It, Reagan. If you want to succeed as a Republican, channel Reagan in any way. Channel Reagan, dog whistle racism, 
Tell yeah. rich people they're going to get richer. Fucking run the economy up. That's I mean, it, Trump did. I, I mean, and it protect like, and tell the white suburbans that they're uh, that there's the suburbs are going away. A la Nixon. That is yeah. your other move. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, Trump is it's going to be weird. It feels like Trump. You know what it feels like is like Biden is like a lame dad and Trump is a drunk uncle. You know what I mean? Where it's like it's it's a, the lame dad is annoying, but it's better to live with a lame dad than a drunk uncle. Uh, yeah, the you're right. I would much rather. I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. If we're going on vacation. <laughs> Trump is wait. Look, Trump is more fun than Biden. If I'm going out partying, I want to party with Trump. But if I'm living in a home, you don't. I mean, look, you don't want to live in a frat house forever. You yeah, know, you don't want to be the old guy at the bar. <laughs> I did. By the way, I didn't realize I'm talk, just going back to your cabinet thing, man. You fucking you do a lot. Like, I I, th- I know you're a busy guy, but then I think about like you have a family. You have you're a good dad. You're a good husband. You you put out specials. You do your podcast. You're out all the time. You hang out. You you have friendships like like, dude, what when do you fucking sleep? I sleep pretty hard. I sleep, I, I sleep pretty aggressively. Greg Fitzsimmons changed. That's my how life. that's how a busy guy describes sleep, though. You go, I sleep hard. That's a fucking busy dude. Greg Fitzsimmons made my life so much easier one night. We were sitting at the, at the, um, at the store, and I was having a drink. And I said, I got to get the fuck out of here. Uh, and he said, Why? And I said, I got to get up with my kids. And he goes, Why? I said, Well, I, I like to get up with them. And he goes, You do that all the time. I said, yeah. And he goes, how old are they? And I, they were like, I want to say like eighth grade and, and sixth grade. And he was like, or maybe, maybe it was a little, maybe it was a little younger. Maybe it was like fifth grade and third grade or sixth grade. And, and he goes, you do that every time I go, I try to. And he goes, don't they know you're a comedian? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, you know, you're a comedian. Like, this is your job. Like you're allowed to sleep like a regular human being. You don't have to be like a Superman. He was like, my kids know. And he goes, my kids are a little older, but they know. Dad's a comedian. This is what dad does. I'm not sleeping because I've been out because Greg has not been out partying. I'm sleeping because I got in late because my job means that I got to stay out late. That's my job. And he said it very candidly. He wasn't saying like being a dick. And I, and I started realizing, yeah, I can every now and then I can just go, Hey, dad's sleeping until 10. Like I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sleep in. I'm going to miss. Yeah. Getting up with you guys. I mean, that is for me, not even sleeping in like 10 is like, I'm like, fuck 10. Oh, I, I'm going to try up. to be better. I mean, now, since the pandemic, I've been better because I'm not doing like one 10 AM seller spots anymore. So, I mean, the world just shuts down. That's the saddest part about New York to me right now is like New York's not dead, but like it's closing down early. Like New York's not dead, <laughs> but it feels a little suburban, like not being able to go to the bodega past 11 i'm like are you fucking kidding me like yeah. that that's why i'm here i'm not here i'm not here to shut down at 11 so that that's the hard part for me and and it's hard to be creative when you're not in constant motion and you're not doing shit like what am i i'm doing podcasts i'm like what am i going to talk about watching the crown on fucking netflix like i'm used to doing shit yeah oh that's the the true and and conversations with comics are imperative to be able to sit with a group of comics and just bullshit bullshit to the point where you're crying laughing we did that two days ago in san diego was our like our last show and we're having dinner outside uh outside and we were talking about 
um it, it was such a great conversation it was our my bus driver's uh a black dude and uh and my cousin andrew's white and we were talking they were talking about how they have sex and uh and my my bus driver said man when i put it down i thump a hole in that back of the pussy i thump a mud hole in the back of her pussy and then and then andrew and then he goes he goes you know what i'm talking about andrew my cousin andrew's white goes i definitely don't do that <laughs> he goes what do you mean and he goes he goes you mean are you andrew goes you mean are you talking about special time with my my gal and and he goes you call it special time and they started we started making fun of andrew for going to special time and then and then ron goes so bert would you be comfortable with your daughter dating a black guy i go not after i learned they thump holes in the back of pussies ron i think i'm gonna opt for special time and we were crying laughing. that better be that better be a bit in your next special by the I, way dude i'm trying i'm trying. and special time is a great special title special time <laughs> that's perfect because you get that double meaning i love it yeah dude, that's hilarious my buddy is a drunk he's like a he's like an annoying drunk not I know like Mark. you were i know, Mark. I know Mark. <laughs> this guy dennis i grew up with and he's like a character and he texted me just yesterday he goes he goes i'm out at a bar solving race relations and i was like what does that mean he goes i'm just drinking with a black guy and i'm like that's not you're a fucking idiot you know <laughs> i'm like he's, he's i'm like a new friend he's like yeah a new friend i'm like i know this is a dude who has sent me texts like dude, meet me at Chipotle. I need your urine. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> I've given this dude my urine for jobs. That's oh, a good friend. That's fucking great. I've given him, he's a fucking party animal. And I'm like, all right, you've done some drug. I will help out. I so should, what, I should put my so foot what down. Point, so at what point do you give up on New York? I don't think I can. I don't think it's in me. Like it's very, it's very, it's like certain things are just a part of you. And I just, I love New York so much. I, I love I love just, uh, you know, walking around here, even when it's bad, it's still, it's still New York city, man. It's still, it's still awesome. Like, uh, you're still seeing crazy people. I mean, shit, you do get that like crazy person. Like I went to my, uh, when we were editing the special, I went to my, my director lives at walking, walking distance from me, Matt. So I'm walking home at like 2am. I'm so used to doing that. And you do get a more aggressive form of, you know, guy approaching you late at night so this guy you get a lot of the same pickup line where it's like hey man can we talk i just i need to ask you something and it's like i you feel like a hot girl at a bar but like you know that you're about to get mugged so i'm like oh i'm good man thank you you have to just keep being like no i it's not like he's gonna ask me something valuable so you have to be like yes okay thank you i'll keep going so that there is like a more hectic energy for sure where you're like all right i gotta just I'm not used to keeping my guard up. I'm used to just kind of walking, checking my phone, spacing out, maybe some jazz playing. And now I'm like, all right, I got to pay attention a little more. So that, that in that way, New York is maybe slightly more dangerous. But uh, I mean, sometimes danger is good. Like think of all the good people are like, when well, New York's going back to 1968 to 1980, you know, I think it was uh, yeah. fucking, what's his name? Some, uh, Ben Shapiro said that someone like that. And I was like, all right, so we're going to get some good movies. Cause that was like fucking right. Midnight Cowboy. And, uh, you know, like taxi driver. driver. Yeah. We're getting a lot of good movies again. Godfather. Are you looking for the ultimate stocking stuff for this holiday season? Stop looking, look no further because our sponsor manscaped has the tools to make you 
look like a winner with this year's Hawk stocking stuffers or even white elephant competition. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below the waist grooming and hygiene products. And great news. They just released their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia. They have so much stuff to throw into a stocking stuffer. They got the crop preserver ball deodorant kind of speaks for itself. The crop reviver ball toner. That's a spray on toner. You gives your balls a little slice of heaven with aloe vera and hazel extract crop cleanser. By the way, you know, all this stuff I thought of when I was in like, when I was like 27, but I didn't have the insight the way they did to make it a reality. Did I say 2000, 1997, 1997. I was like, my balls need help. That's just right. When I started shaving my balls, they've got the crop mop ball wipe, but you never know when opportunity is going to strike me a little, by the way, I have a great, uh, I, I just realized I have a great, uh, manscaped bit in my new act. I wonder if I can get manscaped It'd be weird if I got Manscaped to sponsor my new special. The Foot Duster, Foot Deodorant, designed to give those stinky feet fresh smells. The Weed Whacker, Ear, Nose, and Hair Trimmer. I'll tell you what I love the most is they've got uh, they've got the best nail clippers I've ever had. They've got a little nail packet thing that I have everywhere. Those And, and ear hairs, those uh, Weed Whacker, Nose, and Ear Hair Trimmers are fantastic. And you shove them in. And let's not forget about the best trimmer for your butt balls and body, the Lawnmower 3.0, offering a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which definitely reduces grooming accidents. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code BERT. Whether it's for your partner, your dad, your brother, your friend, get get them something they're going to actually use this year. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code BERT. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year. With Manscaped. The holidays are just around the corner. And if you're looking for a way to stay connected with loved ones during the holidays, look no further. Skylight Frame. Skylight Frame hits it out of the park. We bought them for my mom, my dad, my Uncle Jerry, my Aunt Loretta, my Aunt Judy, my sisters, Annie and Cotty, my, my brother in law, Mike, my brother in law's mom, my friends, the campers. That's four families. And here's what's beautiful Skylight Frame is a photo frame that you can update instantly by email from anywhere. You just email a picture and then it goes right to their frame and then it gets put in their rotation. So we have different emails that we send to my parents versus my sisters versus our friends and you can be fun with it. And it's so excited. My uncle Jerry said, literally it's the best president we've ever given him because he sits by every morning to wait for updates for our family because they're quarantined out in DC and we can't really see them. So they sit there and wait for pictures of my, my niece Lola and my nephew Teddy. It's a great way to feel close to those when you're so separated. It sets up super easy and effortlessly in just 60 seconds. All you got to do, plug it in, touch screen, connects it wirelessly to your network, and then you send photos to the Skylight. It's super easy, super effortless. Everyone in the family can just email them to their personal Skylight email address, and it pops up in seconds. Multiple people can send photos to the frame, and it's a great way for large groups to stay in touch. I love it, and they're gorgeous. They have a 10-inch touch screen. They come in black and black frame and a white mat. They look like real flame frames. It sits right in our kitchen. And sometimes a picture will come up and I'll scroll back and go, ooh, I remember that. Oh, and you can preload it with all your favorite photos as a personalized gift. Import you and all your significant spouse, grandparents, children, whatnot. And they, don't, they won't even know what they, what, what they have. It's so great. Like I said, we took care of everyone in our family and everyone's got one. And I suggest if you're looking for a president, this is what you get them. Now, as a special offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter the code BERT. That's right. 
$10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame. Go to skylightframe.com and enter the code BERT. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com. Promo code BERT. Where, yeah. where would you go? Say they shut down New York. Say they're like, listen, the only way to fix this is to totally shut the city down for a year. Where Would you stay there or would you go off? And- no, I'd go to California with you guys. Yeah, it's not bad out here. It's not bad. Taylor's there, so we'd hang. And then, uh, and Are you and Taylor just, still together? Yeah, we, we took a little pandemic break because, dude, look, it's long distance is hard when the world is not on fire. I mean, we just need a break, but we're, we're good. Yeah, we're back together and we're we're good. And uh, she was with me for like a week. We had a, we had a good week. And then uh, she was here for like a month, honestly, but she did a road gig or two in between. And But, dude, it's stressful to date someone who's not in your city and like because you know how this is now where every decision is kind of stressful so you're just like all right i guess like i got we got to move this date or like i'll see you after this gig oh shit that gig got canceled so when everything's up in the air it's hard to be in a a long distance relationship but i think i think we're good and uh i'll be out there and and a month probably i mean i i gotta come back out there at some point well that was got it that had to be stressful right when you guys i mean because you i don't know if everyone knows this but you came out here and then everything got shut down and you and Taylor went from dating for like a f- couple of weeks to living together. Well, we, we were together like six months before that. We, we had oh, been together. It? Yeah. But, it, but like, I mean, yeah, still living together after six months for five. We lived together for five months after that. So that was that was no joke. I mean, that was. Uh, oh, shit. OK, we're like. But then also you 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 quarantine with someone for five months like you reach. That's I, I deserve like a. I deserve like a one year chip for that, at least, you know, like yeah. that's and especially, especially, you know, so does Taylor, she. Taylor, Taylor's very, very honest about uh, going through anxiety and depression and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, open and honest, like, like uh, for those who don't know, we're talking about Taylor Tomlinson. She's, she will, she will take pictures of herself crying after anxiety attacks. Yeah. And put it on Instagram. Anxiety and- attacks, conversations with me. What's the difference? Yeah. And right? uh <laughs> no, she she is very open about it. And it's it's cool as hell, man. I love it about her. So she's 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 uh open and honest and she's a fucking workhorse. She's been on the road like we have, and uh she's been, you know, she's just in Raleigh, she was just in uh Rhode Island, she was working on her new stuff and uh it's been it's tough when you're just like, OK, well, I guess in a pandemic, we got to stay at each other's place for like at least a minimum a month. Like you don't want to be just traveling like an asshole. Yeah. And, you know, so. Uh, yeah. So I'll probably be out there for a while just because, you know, L.A. is hard for me. I don't drive. Uh, I don't like I don't I'm just not a driver. And then she told me one of her friends got in a car crash. I'm like, OK, well, then what do you want me to do? Because like if your friend who can drive is getting into crashes. I'm going to get fucking demolished. I'm a terrible driver. I I have a pity license. I got a license basically by charming the instructor. I'd failed two driving tests. And then I get the instructor and I just said, please don't fail me. I've already failed twice. And she laughed. And I was like, I got her. I got her on my side. I hit a cone. She still passed me. I, I have a license I shouldn't have. So I'm a terrible driver. She once let me drive and she was like, never again. So, uh, LA is tough for me. I like the energy in New York. I can just walk into like a park and shoot, shoot around or something for a little bit. Ooh, LA. I'm playing basketball. I'm playing basketball. I'm I'm upset. You didn't pick me, dude. I want to be on your team. Oh, no, no, on- no, no. We're going to do that. Tom and I are playing. Um, I probably shouldn't say this. It's, is it one? It's one on one, right? It, yeah, we're, we're going to play right now. Can you hoop? Are you good? 
you know, I, I was good as a kid. I was never good. That's the weird thing about basketball is like, you're either, you're either good. Like it's, it's almost gotta be a natural thing. Like I, I, the workhorse basketball play, player isn't, I don't think is a real thing. Larry bird was just good. You know? Oh, dude, no. He. It's hilarious when people are like, he was just white. I'm like, watch some. He-, he would fucking kick ass in today's game, dude. He could shoot. He could. He was crafty. Like that dude. He was also. I mean, he had to retire early because he was just so tough. He fucked his back up. Yeah, but like I like so like when I was in sixth grade, maybe yeah, sixth grade. I fell in love with basketball. Fell in love with it. And uh, got a hoop up at my house, and I played every day. I played every single day. I loved it, but I was never good. Like my big crux was like it wasn't until like ninth grade that I could put a ball over my head and shoot. Like wow. I always had to shoot down here. And so, you, uh, is baseball your sport? I bet you're good at base. Yeah, I could just see you cracking a ball. I could definitely see that. Oh, 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 oh! I have. I like. No, no, no. Yeah, I baseball is my sport. Baseball, yeah. uh, I can play baseball, golf. Um, Are you good uh, at golf? Yeah, I'm pretty good at golf, but not like not like that. See, that's another, the other difference is like golf allows you allows a huge spectrum of good, right? So like obviously yeah. there's Tiger Woods, and then there's actually guys anyone that can hit, and and I know this is gonna maybe sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, but I do. Anyone that can hit within 18 strokes of Tiger Woods could play golf with tiger woods and you wouldn't you wouldn't notice someone was that much worse yeah does that make sense like if you play bogey golf you're just missing an extra putt every but ultimately if you're gonna play bogey golf you're you're in and around the green on the green in regulation or around regulation every time so that so that 18 strokes oddly enough you you can't tell the biggest difference in in you can obviously you can you, you can in, in the quality of poon they're pulling in though i mean yeah, but, yeah. that 18-stroke guy is not banging bottle service girls and well listen not, anyone anyone who's in within eight strokes of tiger woods is a legit fucking golfer and so so yeah. that, that's when i say when i say basketball is such an interesting sport because you there is a there is a threshold with which in you can't compete at all. You're actually no oh, longer. Yeah. It's actually you're not even playing basketball. You're just a guy taking up space on a court. <laughs> and so, and so I I look I can look good, but I I don't dribble the way like a guy that can dribble. I can't. I've got to kind of keep an eye on the ball because I'm not I'm not like fucking but back oh, behind I can't the back or, at all. I'm trash. Yeah, I really can't, dude. I, that I'm so you jealous. Have, you also have, a, have to have a like a little bit of aggressiveness to be good at basketball. And you got to like conflict. And I don't like conflict. I don't like aggression. And so I'm not going hard in the paint against anyone. I'm like, whatever, man. Stow it to me in the outside. I'll shoot on this. And then I'll just pass you the rest of the game. That'd be fun to get a, a game going, though. Like, I, I remember, uh, you know, just playing a comic games with, like, Ari and Gary Goldman and all these comics in New York. And it was fun yeah. as hell. It was really, really cool. Gary and, uh, Goldman's good, good right? Gary is very good. Gary is like a college uh, football player. And he's also like, I mean, he's like 6'6". So if he takes you in the post, it's just over. He'll chill on the perimeter and he won't be as dominant. But when he he posts you up, you're like, he's going to score. He's fucking huge and strong. And uh, yeah, I mean, I love playing ball with the comics. It was so, I mean, that's one thing I I miss a lot for sure. Have Have you ever played with Rick Glassman? No, is he great? Rick Glassman 
uh, Rick Glassman may be, uh, and I, I say this in like, in like, I haven't really seen him play a bunch, but he actually may be the best basketball player we have in comedy. He is really bizarre good. And I haven't seen him play. I've only seen videos, but he can dunk. He's wow. You know, he's, I think he's like six, three, six, four. He can dunk. And he was so good that, and he, and, but he don't, but, and this is the thing about basketball. He only knows one speed. And that is I'm going to compete. I'm not going to, I'm not here. Mm. There's no reason. It's an interesting fucking mentality about sports is that, and it's it's what pushes me away from sports a lot these days is I do have a very, very competitive um, mentality about sports. Like I get, like I played Tom in tennis and I beat him straight sets, six, one, six, two, or six, two, six, one. So you're good at tennis as well. Yeah. But here's the deal is like, I have a, I have, I have a serve that is really aggressive and uh, his coach called it legit. No, no questions asked a division one collegiate serve. Right. Damn. So yeah, yeah. I serve really well and it's really hard to return. And so, and so there, there's a fine line where I go now, how are you going to ask me to play? Do you want me to play like shit so that we can compete? Or do you want to compete? No, I want you to be you. So that's you want me to compete and then beat you. I played tennis against a girl I was dating in college, and I just beat the living shit out of her. And she goes, well, it's no fun. And I go, well, then let's not play a game. Let's just hit around. And she goes, well, I want to play you. And I was like, but you want to, I'm confused. You want, you want to play me, but you want to win? She goes, well, I want to, I want to win sometimes. And I went, so you want me to throw it? Like, I can throw it and be like, I missed the ball. Is that what you're looking for? She was like, yeah. no, you're just beating me. And I was like, <laughs> I'm so confused. Like, and so that mentality in my brain i think rick glassman has and i think guys that that and 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 when you play basketball you have to have that there's no other there's you know it's not you can yeah, shoot the only, around I, with the chris team. de stefano back in the day I think chris was, de stefano's okay chris de stefano might be one of the best basketball players out there too he he's not in like basketball shape anymore but his jump shot is still just like fucking money i remember we did a a, a like a private thing for bleacher report and it was like me to stefano roy wood Giannis, and afterwards it was like us and the staff and we all played knockout and it came down to me and chris and i was like i'm not missing i'm hitting every shot and I, the one shot i missed chris just won't miss so i'm like i have to hit every shot he's behind me <laughs> he what, how, do you, how do you play knockout it's like, you know, you all shoot free throws, and if you miss, you got to tap it. You got to put it in, or and then you run behind the person. But uh, Chris doesn't miss a shot. So I'm like, oh, I know once I miss, he's going to hit it. So yeah. uh, I knew I was on borrowed time. As Chris is an talked, athlete. As soon as we talked about basketball and two bears, everyone hit me up. And they're like, bro, you forgot about dot, dot, dot. And I was like, fuck. And you're the number one guy I forgot about, I think. Oh uh, no, Chris is the number one guy. Chris, Chris, is, Chris, you, Chris is way better than me, though. Chris is much Chris, you, Rick Glassman, uh, Gary Goldman, and Whitney Cummings. Is Whitney good at basketball? Uh, she's fucking legit, bro. Really? Like, um, no joke, no joke. She played. I think she played semi-pro in Europe. What? Oh yeah, Whitney can legit fucking play basketball. <laughs> legit. Legit. that's hilarious you she has videos of her shooting free throws in her backyard where she's sinking like 25 in a row wow just like this just boom boom damn and, and and she's got she's got what i call and this is a very obscure reference she's got raleigh massimino fundamentals like raleigh massimino had these old school fundamentals that he talks i went to basketball camp and everything where it was like there's a certain way to shoot a free throw it's got to start at your feet 
come up and pop out. And yeah. Whitney's got like legit fundamentals. Interesting. I did not know that. That's awesome. That's yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's it's interesting about we should do. I mean, we should do literally a series. We gotta do some stuff. That'd be so fun to do like comics. It'd be fun to do like comic three on three and record the shit talking like the way they used to do that show on MTV where it was just like comics talking or it was like street ballers talking shit. But if we did that with comics and we kind of like balanced out the skill, how fucking fun would that be? I tell you, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll tell you how interesting it's going to be. Here's the other problem is that someone told me one time sports are only good on television. If you're an expert at them, So like anything below an expert really shines. Like it really shines how bad you are. And me and Tom recorded ourselves playing tennis and it was so hard to watch. It really? Like watching your parents. Fuck. It was like, oh, uh. <laughs> well, shit. Sex also, I'm sure on camera. You got to be fucking. That's where porn stars don't get enough credit. I'm like, you know what? It is a job. I remember Ron Jeremy was at the cellar one night and uh, Norman was on before me and Norman's doing well. And he just turns to his right, not knowing that Ron Jeremy's in the crowd. And he goes, is fucking Ron Jeremy asleep? He was just asleep in the front row. The most noticeable fucking celebrity not looking healthy. And this was probably like eight years ago or something. Yeah. And like Ron Jeremy. And shit, man. I mean, that guy's in jail now forever, I think. Is oh my god, that's right. Yeah, he's in jail, I think. That's cr- it's gotta be crazy to be it's gotta be crazy to be like a porn star, but the it was almost like an ironic porn star. Yeah, dude. I mean, he's yeah, he was like a fat hairy Jewish guy. That's not yeah, like, like that's like what you do as a joke, but then he had a huge dick. So I guess it's kind of like I guess it works. It's like he like beat the system, kind of. And then, and then to age, I guess I don't know. I mean, like I, I'm, I'm fan. I'm not fans, but I, I'm not fan. I'm not fans of any. I mean, I'm fans. I take that back. I'm fans. Like Evan Stone has gotten older. You know, I don't know who that is. is that a porn Evan, star? Evan Stone's a porn star. Really cool. Up. He's always a cool dude. He hung around in the clubs, and you'd see him. Fucking awesome dude. Good sense of humor. Long, beautiful blonde hair. Kind of look like. Uh, like uh hercules like just like ripped and and he's gotten older and i go i wonder what it's like when you were like when you were younger and you could you fucked non-stop and then you get out of the business i wonder if you want to fuck at all or i wonder if you go i don't and then i wonder if you if you do want to fuck it's got to and you're not what you used to look like it must be like like it must be fucking sad yeah it's also like how do you enjoy it it's like it's like if comedy were sex, <laughs> like, yeah. like, would you enjoy it? No, you'd be like, I've been doing this all fucking. It's all, kind of the way we're like, I don't want to watch a comedy at home. I want to watch like a tragedy because that's the escape when you're around stand up all the time. If sex is your if sex is your job, then what do you do for fun? Yeah. What do you I mean, like I asked him once because I remember like I, I talked to him and I was like, do you ever I, I don't know if there's too forward. Uh, but I said, do you ever, are you ever like sleeping with someone? And then you kind of like develop, I mean, it's an intimate act. Do you ever develop feelings for them? He's like, yeah, I do. And I was like, is that weird? And he said, yeah, it's fucking weird. But like, can you imagine that? Like, that's your job <laughs> to just fuck. Oh, I would fall for every porn star. Totally. I would fall in love. I mean, there's girls I've fallen in love with and I don't even know. I've never even met, but I've just watched them so much. Like I would be very candidly like. I really feel like I have a 
friendship with some of them because I've watched them so much where I go, <laughs> where I go, oh yeah, I know her really well. And like, there's a dude, when we did our last live event, there's a dude I've watched fuck so much. I felt like I know him. I felt like I really know him. I know. Owen Gray. And I, and I. It's almost I, like a video game player, like a first person shooter where you're like, that's my guy. That's who I fucking go with. I've done his moves before to my wife. Oh, she doesn't know. I'm bringing his <laughs> shit into the bedroom. And, and then you talk to him and he, and you're like, I don't know you at all. Like I I've never, I don't, I've just watched you a lot. It's I got it's probably the same thing as podcasting, you know, <laughs> but more intimate even. I mean, it, it's funny, man. I, I follow this porn star, Adriana Chechik on Twitter. Well, I, because, by the way, fucking definitely follow Adriana Chechik. I I've never, like, I don't know her stuff. I just like, she retweeted a porn bit of mine. I was like defending porn where I kind of just, def- I said like porn is nicer to women than, than women's magazines because in porn you're you know you're not fat you're a big beautiful woman you're not old you're mature you're not covered in semen you're getting a facial that was the gist of the bit so she follows me retweets it and i was like i should follow her back all right so i'll just be in the grocery store like scrolling twitter for jokes and then she posts something of like taking two cocks and i'm like this is not the time to see this shit you forget you're following someone like that well, like, I'm just used to, like, comics, like, writing silly jokes. But porn stars are like, oh, this is your job. So I, I, uh, Adrian Chechik goes hard in the fucking paint, man. That, yeah, that dude. She's like, fucking. she's like the Draymond Green of porn. You're like, holy shit, this is fucking real. This is. I saw. I didn't know she was before. I think oh, I'm old. I think I'm stuck in, like, a time loop from when I started jacking off. So all the porn I've ever seen, it's like, well, that's still my person. You know, she's in it. She's in. So like, you know what she is? She's like the the comic that releases specials on YouTube versus like the older comic. That's like, I'll just sell it to HBO Go, you know, HBO Max. Like, <laughs> she, she does. She's shit. Me? She does shit. Yeah, she's young and she's coming after it and she's going to fucking take the title. She does shit where I go. I saw one time she was swapping come with she with another girl just back and forth. And oh, I'm just my like, God. And, I'm, and she has great fucking teeth. And all I could think was, did the orthodontist that took those braces off go, well, they're perfect. Time to go like five years, 10 years from now, you're going to be swapping cum with another chick. Like, I feel like, yeah, I mean, she, shit, man. I perfect mean, she, teeth. She has great does teeth. Does she? And, yeah, and I mean, she's I've very, heard, very I've attractive. Heard, I've heard from industry insiders. She is a wild woman. I mean, yeah, she's like a porn star. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's already, I mean, you once you're doing porn and posting clips, I'm like, you're way more crazy than I am for sure. You're may, way more wild, you know. Uh, the guy hit me up. He goes, "Go." By the way, the guy that I'm talking about, I think, I think it's this guy. I don't want to say his name, so I don't want to blow up his spot. But the guy who directs porn, who's going to do our stuff for us, um, I should just leave this all out. Don't worry about it. Fuck it. Because if Halston needs to take that other stuff out, I don't want to have to be tethered. But all I'll say is, Adrian Chechik goes fucking hard in the paint. I, there's, I've never actually watched one of her videos. I just see the tweet. Uh, but it's good crazy. stuff's on Evil Angel. That one of my friends sent me a link and was like, and was said, Google Adrian Chechik. He's like, just so you know, on her OnlyFans page, she blows Uber drivers. And I was like, hey, okay. Jesus Christ. I was like, that's a lot. All I, all I can think of is Brody Stevens used to drive Uber. <laughs> I was like, how great would that video be? I mean, shit, man, that's fucking, that's their lucky day, I guess. I mean, that's weird that it's like, I guess you already pay because that's like the type of thing you would probably comp, 
You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. that's that's like an automatic payment. But if you're that Uber driver, you're like, I wish I could just not charge you. Maybe no tip. I don't know. But, I saw uh, a porn one time that that I think about every now and then. I'll see if I can. I don't know if I can find it, but uh, I'll text it to you. It was a girl humiliating. I think it was predominantly Middle Eastern men. It was. It was. It was. I think it was predominantly like. It was predominantly. Uh, I hope this comes out correctly, but immigrants, meaning guys who aren't from this country who maybe had archaic views about women. I think that's what's her target. I Just think. say what it really is. It's Republican porn. That's what it is. So she had a huge lobster claw in her hand. Oh my God. And like, really? a, like a joke lobster claw. And she yeah. was dressed. I think she was sexy, dressed real sexy. And maybe she'd show her tits. And she'd be like, pull your dick off. I'll, I'll, I'll jerk you off. And they were like, huh? And she's like, pull your dick out. I'll jerk you off. And then they were like, okay. And they'd go, she would take him on a corner, but she'd jerk him off this lobster claw. And so they couldn't even really feel it. It was, it was like, and it was just these guys like almost being cucked. Like they were just like, she's like, take your dick out. Come on, I'll jerk it off. And she'd do it with this lobster claw. And I couldn't, it was, so, it was oddly, it was oddly. Sexy. That lobster did not die for a good reason. No, it was a ridiculously huge lobster claw. Oh, really? It was like a fucking big plastic lobster claw. I got it. I remember watching this. But so there's some porn categories that are so fucking weird that you're just like, is this is this actually turning someone on, or is this just like? She insane. was laughing at them. She was laughing at them and mocking them as they were doing it. It was so. Oh, I don't. Maybe I might be. By the way, if I misread that porn, then I just described what I like. <laughs> That's funny. Like it's getting so specific, like lobster hand, like there's going to be crab hand. There's going to be like all kinds of crustacean. Like you're going to be like, no, I look for fucking lobster hand. <laughs> like Colin Quinn used to have a great bit about how there's like college girl porn. There's like girls just out of college. There's going to be like girls like they, they went to college. They took a year off to find themselves. You know? <laughs> all right. I can't find it. I, I used to have a joke. I used to have a joke. Uh, I'll see if I can show this. I used to have a joke. I'd be like, um, talk to guys in the audience and be like, you ever, you ever clicked on a gay porn? And they're like, no. I said, you ever, you ever see the thumbnail though? And they're like, well, yeah. I go, all the thumbnails are degrading as fuck, except for the gay porn thumbnail. It's the wow. classiest. It's always the classiest. Like two dudes hugging. Like, like, hey, man, you like fighter and the kid? I like fighter and the kid. <laughs> <laughs> Are gay dudes just, are they just way happier than us? Is that what it is? It's like anal is aggressive. Halston, you got to blur this out. This is anal, right? But then yeah. this is, this is, and by the way, from the rumors we've heard, they can do much worse than just cuddle and talk about antiquing. Like they're, it's. Anal's got to hurt. That's got to fucking hurt, man. Shouts I, out to gay dudes for like just being tough. Like you can take a penis in the ass. That's, that deserves a lot of credit. Not to mention, like, making it through the fucking AIDS epidemic. Like, who is tougher? I don't like the... I resent that gay dudes get, like, just considered, like, the most effeminate, like, soft. I'm like, dude, gay dudes are tough. They but, fuck through the AIDS epidemic. They can take a, a penis in the ass. That is a tough group. You know, they don't always fuck in the ass. I found that out. Like, mostly it's just blowjobs. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, I was like... I remember we had our we were friends with a gay couple, and I I said to them like, "It's like how how often do you guys fuck in the ass?" And he was like, uh, "Very seldomly." 
I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, it's anal sex. It's really aggressive. And I was like, oh, for real? And he's like, I remember having a joke about uh, almost getting into a fight with a gay guy that lived in my neighborhood, in my, in my, in our building. And then all of a sudden, as I was talking shit, I saw a fierceness in his eyes that said, I take it in the ass, buddy. There's nothing you can do that hurts me. Guess what you can't do? The thing I do for fun on a Saturday. <laughs> yes. So fucking true, dude. That is like, and also like the culture of just being jacked. I mean, gay dudes are jacked for the most part. A lot of them aren't, but like, I look, I, I see what's walking around Chelsea and, and Hell's Kitchen. I see the, the culture. Like, I'm like, you got, it's a gym culture. And of course it is because like, there, if there's a chance you could hook up in the locker room, it would make me want to go to the gym more if I were a single guy. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'd be in the gym. If I knew that I could, if by being in the gym, I could, I mean, I never hooked up with a girl in the gym ever, but also if we shared locker rooms, I'd be in the lot. I'd be in, I'd be in the gym all the time. If you could share totally. a locker room, totally. I'd, be in the, I'd be working out, go to the gym, go to the locker room. Go I would just go room. directly to the steam room. I'd be like, fuck the gym. I pay, I pay 150 a month to steam. And and for the oppor- and for the chance that something will happen, I, I worked out at the Hollywood Crunch on Sunset and Fairfax. No, Sunset and and Crescent Heights, and I saw tons of gay dudes in there. Never once saw du- two dudes hook up. Never once. Yeah. Never once walked in on it. Never once. You're almost like it's almost like you're bummed. You know what happens, so you kind of just want to see it to know what happens. Because you're like, yeah. I know this happens. I just want to see it to confirm it, and then I won't look. I just want to see and be like, okay, got it, and leave. That's kind of <laughs> like watching want. a plane take off from like from the beach, and you're like, come on, crash, come on, crash, <laughs> explode, explode, explode. explode. <laughs> I had a joke. I had a joke about. Uh, um, I don't watch Fox News for the same reasons I don't watch gay porn. I'm afraid I'm going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, but the thing about a joke yeah. that I think is so great is that the original, wait, what was the original one? I look at Fox News the same way I look at a, oh, I forget what it was, but it was totally ped- a pedophile joke. And everyone was like, whoa. And I was like, wait, what? You guys didn't have long haired, blonde haired boys on the beach that you thought were chicks and then we're like oh wait that's a dude and everyone's like don't know what you're talking about and i was like never mind <laughs> there is definitely like yeah i mean there's a type of gay dude on fox news and you're just like all right bow tie there's an anger behind that bow tie for sure um yeah man it's funny that fox news is gonna like move to be more moderate now because there's like Newsmax. so it's like all it's all every, nothing stays where it is you adapt yeah. to what like your viewers are gonna want it, it's so fucking weird man hey what shoes do i wear to play basketball uh just get basketball shoes i i i, I rock those james harden sneakers because they're pretty they're low tops but they're pretty good man i don't know any, I, any I, have, I have a i have nike sb dunks I, those are oh th- but those are like not those are like style shoes those aren't like yeah, basketball but that's yeah, all dude. I have oh dude get just go on I'll send you a link no I'll no no you- I'm going to play basketball in thirty minutes <laughs> you're wearing I don't want you to sprain an ankle or something just be can careful. I wear like can I wear like shoes that you would wear to play tennis I would not I would definitely not all right be careful we're to, man we're gonna have to end this podcast I gotta go through my closet and fucking text you pictures of my shoes do it i'm here man but what about nike blazers like those nike blazer ones are those i I think those are lifestyle shoes 
Yeah, be careful, man. Just get back. Just get them for the support. You can wear low tops now, but they make them for for basketball. Fuck, I'm fucked. All don't right. get hurt, man. Be careful. You don't want to spray. That's what ankle. Tom said. He goes, the number one injury for dudes our age is basketball. Yeah, dude, and and tearing a, an ACL or an Achilles. Don't be careful because I know you're an athlete, but you're not wearing the right shoe. You're gonna fuck yourself up. So so get cool. the right shoe. Cool. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Well, Sam, it was good talking to you, brother. Congratulations Dude, on the special. Thanks you so much for having me, man. It's awesome. Uh, everyone can go find it on YouTube. There will be an ad at the front of this to let everyone know exactly where to get it. It's awesome. Um, and congrats on uh, on the cabin and, and on. I know you're going to put something awesome together from uh, from all those tour videos and tour pictures. So I, I can't wait to see what you do with that. We'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It'll be on my YouTube page. <laughs> awesome, brother. Wish me luck. I definitely will, man. Uh, stay safe. It's, it's uh, great to see you. Awesome, man. Hey, I'll talk to you later, Sam. Take care, buddy. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.